Okay, great. Whoa. Poulet. <laughs> it's a long time coming. We can start with the cheers, even though we already did one, just for warm-ups. Look me in the eye. <laughs> Gracias. Okay, so is this red blend. What is this? This oh. is a cab. It's my favorite Cabernet and um, or Cabernet Sauvignon to be specific. Sauvignon. But um, I rarely find a wine that's new to me. Okay. So when I see a bottle that I've never seen before, i.e., not at Kroger, I'm excited about it and I must try it. I will say this one is one that grows on you. Um, it's okay, but the bottle's beautiful. You mm -hmm. can't deny that, right? It doesn't taste bad. Why does it have to it's, grow? Well, for me, um, it Pronounce now it. it tastes good. But the story about what's that? Icon? Ooh, I, Icon. I, yeah, you're right. Because I was going to put the accent over the N. And I was about to be like, Iconia, right? To make it fancy. But I don't know how you accent the O. Too much Spanish. Too much. Mas to mas. <laughs> So, um, well, we can kind of dive in, I guess. So the main thing that I like to talk about is just, you know, kind of your journey, where you came from, um, some of your experiences and what you're doing and what you're um, working on in, in the near future and what you're looking to do. And um, your beginning starting point, you can choose where that, wherever that may be, you know, it varies for a lot of people because there are different types of uh, memorable moments that people feel like this is what you know, I had this foresight when I was five years old. I always wanted to be an attorney. And then some people, it starts for them um, a little bit later in life. So wherever you would like to start is, is absolutely appropriate. And whatever you would like to share mm. or not share is also appropriate. So this about to be very therapeutic. I haven't answered it, a lot of these questions it is, but you are going to have to come a little closer just yet, yeah, just okay. because of the volume part. Yeah. Okay, so, um, let's, <laughs> let's unpack that. So, mm -hmm. excuse me. Um, you already introduced me. I'm Poulet. Poulet, yes. The music artist. Yes. Um, I began to call myself a music artist in college. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My first record was actually. Um, written out of it was it's called Tomorrow mm -hmm. I wrote it in the hospital mm. during my bout with cancer mm -hmm. I, it's called Tomorrow I that's the first two verse hook song I've ever written mm -hmm. uh, that was 2004 2005 actually yeah 2004 yeah and then I performed it when I was out the hospital okay uh, at one of the alpha um, talent shows mm. approximately like 300 people oh wow yeah and that's the song I chose to perform so I had a whole crying auditorium like all of us it was just wow. it was very touching but I also was like you know what if I could move this many people to cry mm -hmm. let me move them to dance yes let me move them to rejoice yes so that kind of I tested my uh, skills there wow yeah. so uh, from tomorrow my next song after that, and I do remember this specifically because it did decent on campus, was a song called "Part of Me." Mm -hmm. And uh, is that "Party Me" or no, "Part of Me"? Pardon, pardon me. Pardon me. Oh, yes, pardon. pardon. Yeah, okay. Pardon, pardon me. <laughs> pardon me. And uh, "Pardon Me" was uh, definitely like bounce. It was trap. It was mm -hmm. you know a lot of that braggadocious rap shit. So mm -hmm. yeah. So I said, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So here we are. 2004, my first song. Here we are, 2021. That's 15 years. Yeah. Ooh, that's 16. <laughs> we don't have to date ourselves. We can just. No, no, no. That's good. That's good. So no, no. It's not even dating. It's just timeline. It's time. Yeah, yeah, timelining. Yeah. And um, I realized. I just told. I had. A, I had a meeting two days ago. I probably reached my 10,000th hour, probably like 2016, 17. Yes. And that's when I really became a fan of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, and that's where we are. Can we pause for a moment? Because I have three things, but you were saying so much like greatness that I didn't want to interrupt that very moment. Can you tell me what um, a two-verse... One, what was what is the thing? Your very first song you said. I had a hook. I had so yeah. The, the, yeah, because you know, those are specifics. Those are musician specifics. <laughs> so, um, t- what does that mean exactly? Because though I am a musician myself, I'm yeah, not for the sure. lyricist part. So when you were saying that, it was a big deal. And and well, what was the phrase again? Well, no, I had two verses in a song, mm-hmm. and I had a hook. And the hook, okay, yeah. a two verse hook, okay. Yeah, so honestly, it was just my first full song. Initially, right, okay. initially, I wrote with just, you know, a battle rap mentality, like bars, bars, bars. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this was my first song with a hook. Yes. And then coming back in and for a second verse. Yes. Yeah, my first completely structured record is really good. Oh, no, I love that because it's, I mean, it seems a little self-explanatory once you break it down, but I think that's important because in my head, I was just like, okay, two... First, <laughs> like I was trying to count on like no, one. Yeah, it makes two. sense. It makes sense. My bad. No, was, no, that's I great. That's that, that, jargon. I guess. Yeah, I was like, I guess that really makes you a musician because you know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm. So, <laughs> um, and then I had another question. The you had mentioned uh, the last piece you were saying, 2004, 2021. Oh, I did want to ask when you said you decided to be a musician um, in college. Were there any things that you know, other than your experience, do you feel like your experience kind of brought you there? It was like therapeutic for you to write because I know you said you wrote when you were in the hospital. Mm, was that. it was it mainly that? No, I actually so in high school. All right, that's it. I, I guess I lied. <laughs> I, well, I started sharpening the skills in high school. Okay. I, I was very intrigued ever since I heard Reasonable Doubt. So you know that was probably about '96 where I was like, okay, I want to be like this Jay Z dude. Like this mm. is. Really, ultimately, um, before that, it was Michael Jackson. You know, I used to do Michael Jackson for my mom, so I really did appreciate the arts for right. quite some time. But um, my highest grades were always in English. Okay. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the English language, and then uh, I did a poem. Oh, this is fucking crazy. I, I, thank you. <laughs> I did a poem in, in 11th grade, Miss mm-hmm. Henry's Honors English class. Mm. Mm-hmm. And whole class, class cry because it again was a, it was about my father it was a, it, it was a, it was my wow. uh, it was a poem about my father mm-hmm. and I, I think that was the first time actually that I've even uh verbalized how I felt about him mm-hmm. transitioning from my mom and going to that back to South Africa with no notice and shit like that mm-hmm. so it was I, I unpacked the shit out of some stuff right. in front of my class yeah. right and what was so crazy is I didn't know the tears would transfer to the class because I cried when I wrote it at home. Okay. I'm like, man, this is personal to me, so they're not going to really get it. Mm-hmm. But I also ended up 
crying again when I fucking spit it in the mm-hmm. class. And I was like, oh, shit. So my first two pieces actually were very uh, personal. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's what, you know, you should do in music. So I did that, which is what you should do. Yes. But, you know, it's all about, like, being balanced in the emotions. Like, I don't want to just play a project for people to cry. Right. But the fact that I can even bring the material is just like... Yeah, it speaks volumes. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I felt, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I lied. I lied. So <laughs> no, I, didn't lie. I mean, I, I, this is like you misspoke. You misspoke. I misspoke. I misspoke. Right. Because I'm digging. I'm Be- digging deep into these because, rabbit holes. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Because after the Miss Henry's class mm-hmm. uh, situation, um, we maintained like a steady ass hip, uh, uh, not hip hop, um, uh, a freestyle cipher mm. in the hallway. Oh. Um, and yeah, that was my favorite. That was the highlight of my joints because. Even like the niggas who didn't go to school would come just to rap and leave. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, the rest of peace, Mario Go Three, all all the dope boys and shit used to come to rap and then leave. And then leave. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's real. Mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> wow. I'm at this point an honor student. I, I remain an honor student my whole co- high school and college career. So wow. I was very um versatile with my friends too, because of the because mm-hmm. of the rap shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's good. That's that's. I mean, that's really amazing, and even just to have that, it's like I don't know that experience because I had, you know, I started playing bass at 15. My dad put me on, mm-hmm. and he actually purchased a, a instrument for both my sister and myself. My sister a guitar, and me bass guitar. Mm-hmm. And him being the musician that he is. You know, he was just like, I'm going to make sure that you all play an instrument or at least try. And for my sister, I don't think it stuck that much, but I will give her the benefit of the doubt that I got the easier instrument. Mm. And I think my dad knew that. Oh. <laughs> I think he paired that with me for a reason. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, um, I also think that he had a lot of foresight in the type of, you know, when you have children. Um, I think that the parents kind of tune in to like what those gifts and crafts may be and they mm-hmm. want to cultivate those things further, right, which right. makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So he did really well with that because I'm a, a very beat oriented person. When I listen to music, that's the first thing I hear. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that my sister's the, the same, you know, not to like knock it because she has a great, vast, um, like music genre that she listens to or genres that she listens to. Mm-hmm. But, um, I say that to say that I started early on, right, technically in high school. Um, I was cultivating that gift, but I wasn't taking it a step further. I didn't have that initiative. Um, I really was just still being like under my dad's wing. You know, if he had a gig and he's like, sit on on this song, I would do it. But I mean, I was excited to do it. But it wasn't anything where I was taking that initiative to be like, hey, I found this venue or I did this or I want to do this because I just didn't have, I don't think I had the confidence. Um, And I don't think that I was as invested in it in the moment because I became a very, um, the typical can't wait to move out and be independent. So always loved music. I was into the instrument. My dad actually was actively giving me piano lessons and bass guitar lessons. When did you pick up piano? So, well, he, that was, you know, he's a pianist. So first he tried both of us on piano. So like, I guess what he did was, and this is probably common too, 
when you have multiple children and you have this thing like you want them to try and then you're thinking like if there's connecting points to it mm-hmm. you're gonna have them try it, and then whoever takes to it more you're gonna be like and you yeah. <laughs> you're the one and i think that's what i was from my father as okay. far as like the musician based one okay. um so i don't remember natalie really like taking to any piano lessons but once i was doing bass my dad was like okay well you need to well i think he did piano first and then bass and then back to piano so he had retired by then um so he was already doing like in-house lessons and then i would just be one of his lessons in the house like he got a whole he was committed or he is very committed even still now Mm -hmm. um he has like a whole baby grand piano in the living room Mm. which is beautiful by the way like it's so amazing i always think it's so cool but we were raised where we always had a studio Mm in-house like an at-home studio Mm -hmm. and my dad is so committed to music that he would make the master bedroom his studio all the time all the time so it'd be like a three-bedroom apartment or whatever or you know house townhouse and it would always be like, but my studio, <laughs> he would be in a room right with us, like the room in the room, the uh-huh. little like rooms that are the smaller rooms, the, smaller the kid room, rooms. Yeah, yeah. And then, but that studio had everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that's how it became. And then it still traveled on to now because his studio is still upstairs. But that baby grand can't fit in that studio, so it's still in the right in the living room. It, it flows though, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's um it's amazing. So yeah, I, I commend you for really just having that. Um, I don't know that that hunger, I guess they call it, and and that um, that intuition to really be in tune with what you had a passion for mm-hmm. so so early on, and really not being afraid to to express that stuff because especially when you're still like in adolescence i think that is so huge because we're still like figuring ourselves out you know easier and it's easier easier sometimes depends on the individual so it is easier because you know they say when we're younger we don't really have those inhibitions Mm -hmm. uh that are like holding us back or mm-hmm. weird Agreed, stuff. especially in this, in this rap show. Yes, but at the same time, I think it hits you at different times. That's true. So it's like a whole, don't get me on the psychology part where it's like you've got a glass floor and, you know, a baby doesn't get scared about it. The baby will crawl right across that glass floor, but by the time they're a toddler, they see that it's glass. That it's, well, they see the dip, right? Mm-hmm. So they see that it's glass and they see that in theory, they would go further down, right? Uh-huh. They would go through it. Uh-huh. It's like the optical illusion thing. Right. But it's a thing where, like, when you're the younger you are, you, you don't care as much because you're not as aware. Mm-hmm. And then as you get older, these things really that society is placing Shaking on us, it. we then become like it's like an Adam and Eve all over again for everything that we do mm-hmm. because society says, oh, this is scary or that's whatever. And a lot of it is protective. Mm-hmm. But then some of it is like, if we didn't do that, then we wouldn't care so much. Why do we care? Why do we care about being naked? It's everyone has the bodies, you know? But yeah, not to get on a tangent because I love a good tangent. So um, I can't remember because I had three things that I was going to ask, but I can't remember the last one. So we can circle back around to that. So you were talking about the 2004 to 2021, and then you were going to say 
where, but I feel like you're skipping something. Though. Oh yeah, that's, we can't, that's, that's, we can't, that's that. okay. I don't. So yeah. we went from I feel like I'm skipping college, well. and then okay. after college, after college uh-huh. specifically, mm-hmm. uh, one of my frat brothers, uh, shout out Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, but one of my frat brothers, Gary, was a party promoter in college, and he was like, "Man, I'm moving to Atlanta after college." He was, mm-hmm. he was two years ahead of me in college, and um. I like Beck, so he moved. Mm. So on his one of one of his visits, he just you know freely said, "Yeah, bro, you know, I'm down there, man. After y'all graduate, you know what I mean, y'all could catch the couch." Ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. So I caught that nigga couch for six months. You know, nice. Uh, a week after graduate, I, and I mm. told him, <laughs> "You had plans." Yeah, yeah, because I, I lived in Atlanta before, so that wasn't scary. It was just coming back without my family, right? And pursuing what I wanted to pursue, right? So that was 2010, 2009. Mm-hmm. You're pretty good with the timeline. Um, I mean, this is right now, like, coming to me. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, my first complete project came out after about three months on, on Gary's couch. Okay. And then I've been fucking failing my way up ever since. Wow. That's a that's a phrase I haven't heard. Um, it's like a, almost like a different version of a fake it till you make it. When you said failing um, your way up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you just definitely got to be willing to fail as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Those people are definitely the most fearless and successful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that because I am reading this book that I've been meaning to read for probably a year. And it's called You Are a Badass. And I've been saying it a couple times on this podcast. But um, I'm just today literally today i just read this chapter and it was specifically talking about um not only manifesting things but really just taking that leap and committing to certain things yeah and just putting yourself out there because you know there's a lot of cliches that we could say but i think the thing is like (laughs) the one thing that comes to mind is like the only fail is not trying because what you have when you try something is you have experience if you've never tried it then you're still at square one. Right. But if you even tried at something, mm-hmm. you're still further than where you were in the beginning. 100%. Because either you've learned something new or you've seen, you know, yourself and your um, pressure points and, and what you can and can't do at the moment or what you are and are not willing to do at the moment. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of it resonates with me, this particular book, because I feel like it's how I'm already thinking and moving. And then there's usually a tidbit at the end that's like, I'm almost already there. And then they say one last piece and I'm like, you're right. That's that one thing I'm not doing. That's the one you need. That's that one little nugget that I'm not fulfilling to the fullest. And um, they were comparing it to like, even just like, working out or or losing weight or or wanting to make this move and make this next step into the next direction thinking about it and talking about it um sometimes it allows us to come to terms with it and get there but if we get into thinking about and talking about stage and stuck in that stage Mm -hmm. that gets us nowhere you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it and the more i i like to really focus on um when I say like, like I said, I, for the longest, I want to have a podcast and I want to create an app, mm-hmm. especially in pandemic. I said, if no one in my circle has created an app, we should all be disappointed in ourselves mm-hmm. because it was, it's just too tangible. It's, mm-hmm. it's right there. Mm-hmm. And 
so sometimes it's so daunting that we don't just take the first step and dive into it. And once you do, I feel like the rest of it comes along. But the more that we say, oh, I'm going to, or I intend to, and then we hit it with, oh, well, I will create an app, but the thing is, I don't know how to code. Or I would do this, but the thing is, I don't know how to, and guess what, for every, but I don't know how to, there is something uh, out there. Okay. There's some resource There's out there. There's a how to. There is a how to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's, that's so important and um, well, you have so to, interesting. You have to applaud yourself for even having those standards for yourself. A lot of people just like, shit. Pandemic, they we done. Yeah, I mean, majority. You know, I would say majority of people. Really? Yeah, depression and just falling into the um, into the rut. Into the into the rut of just sitting. Yeah, and I mean, I I feel thankful to say I don't feel like I I knew any of those people, and if I do know those Mm. people, they didn't express that to me. And if they did, and if they would have, I think I would have tried to pull them out. I mean, I had a very unique experience um, starting out in pandemic, and maybe that's what made me feel like, well, this is such a tough place. It wasn't rock bottom, but it was such a tough place mm-hmm. that I was just like, well, um, now all I have to do is do more. You know, like look into other things or what are my other options? I think that's the place that I found myself in the very beginning of pandemic because a lot of things got tossed up and turned around and I didn't realize that pandemic was hitting um, in the time that it was because what I'm referring to is I was selling my condo and it was like the week of when pandemic hit Atlanta and it was a shutdown. Mm -hmm. It was like a day after my closing. Mm -hmm. And my closing... um, something was faulty on the uh, buyer's end. Mm -hmm. So they handed me this like fat ass check for my condo and I handed him my keys and I was like, boom, finally done, you know. And 30 minutes later they called me and they was like, you can't cash that check. Mm -hmm. And I've just never heard of a closing like that. I thought once you have check in hand and keys in hand, it's a wrap and it wasn't. So I was faced with paying a mortgage and paying my rental place and no job because I'd left my job to go pursue my business and my life dreams Mm -hmm. and you know I was selling my place and I like downsized into that studio Mm -hmm. um and then in turn I ended up with two mortgages and no job in Mm -hmm. the midst of a pandemic so for me I think it was like well (laughs) the only way is up from here like (laughs) but I, I I'm not you know like overlooking anyone's um personal experiences or what they may have gone through in that setting because sometimes I think that there's a lot that's unsaid that we don't know like we may not know why some people are really sad in pandemic and just sat in it Mm -hmm. and some people sat in it because they actually had other things that occurred that kind of brought them down true um so yeah I think there there was a lot of different dynamics that occurred but I mean overall I feel really thankful and again if Anyone who, you know, confides in me or vents to me, I am not the overly positive person, mm-hmm. but I do really try to um, bring people out of it in the, in the most authentic way, right. in a non-cliche way. Right, right. Just really being like, all right, well, what are you trying to do and what's that next move? And what are you, okay, boom, I heard of this side or I heard of this, let's make this happen or let's do this because 
I just really think it's important to, you know, uplift people in any way that we can, when we can. But at the same time, sometimes we can't. Because sometimes I'll be like, here's this resource, here's this, this, that. And then I follow up and it'll be like, did you do any of these things? You look at it and be like, nah. I'm like, okay, well, I can't, I can't well, yeah. help you. <laughs> and, and, you and you've done, you've done the max that I've you done can it. do. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. 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 Uh, I think you're a catalyst for action, in which is like sometimes we find that uh, that first step um, is scary because we don't know the rest of the steps. Yes. Uh, and honestly, I'm in my very big age, <laughs> in my very big age, understanding that... Uh, you know, manifestation can only happen if you can see the plan, you know, yeah. and that's ultimately like what I'm working on now. Well, but you, you have to reinvent, you have to re, you have to reassess, you have to uh, grade, grade yourself, you know what I mean? Be proud of the progress you've made and make sure you level up in the next grade. That's pretty much it. Well, I mean, you said some really good things just now because I, I, I do think that the manifestation is um, really a thing. I do think too, though, that I don't know that I necessarily always have a plan as much as I may have a concept mm-hmm. or a something that I want, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then I just jump to it. But I'm a very like... <laughs> get to that. Like, let's get to it. And I think everyone takes their own path. So yes, in a sense, um, to some, you feel more comfortable having a plan to some. I'm not the best planner though. Uh, As as like, (laughs) let's get to it. It's definitely been like, uh, um, Oof. Yeah. Let's get to it. But on your way to it though, you do unfold the plan. You You do do unfold the plan. That's why I said that's that's really good that you said that because for everyone it's a different style, Style, right? right, right, right. So for me, it's, I got to get to it. And then I, and then I have these concepts, but I'm like, um, I'm like a snapshot skimmer, skim reader type person. So I'm like, I want to make an app. Right. And then I'll just get to the, like, I'm going to start making the app. And then the rest of it will fall together. So I think I'm more of a skeletal plan, yeah. and you're more of like a solid plan. I'm not. But... I'm skeletal. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be a little more solid, right? Because I can pinpoint exactly what my wants are on the mm-hmm. web. So that's but, a practice. Yeah, I mean, in progress, like a motherfucker. Yeah, always a working. Is is it a working process or a work in progress? I never progress. know the fra- phrase. Okay. Yeah. And then the other thing that you said was, um, like, we, it's scary because we don't know the steps or something. You said something to that effect just now. Yeah. And get that about was, that. yeah. And that's really real because I'm, ex- I've experienced that personally, but I've also been experiencing that with one of my clients where it's like, um, so you want me, you, we want me to do this. And it's a little bit outside of my, um, what I would generally offer mm-hmm. to my clients, but I have to be really open-minded because I'm in the early stage. Mm-hmm. So I can't say no, mm-hmm. essentially is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I need to always be able to say yes in some shape or form, even if it's me seeking out someone that is able to do this for you. Right, outsource, yes. So, but when you don't have the steps, and it'll be like, all right, so you want this, and if I had to gauge it, my guess is that this takes 20 steps to get there, and I feel a little, (laughs) I feel a little insecure about how we're going to get there. And then it's hard to like open my laptop and even start that venture Mm -hmm. because all I keep being stuck on is, but I don't even know what step one is, Mm -hmm. you know, but step one is just like, 
researching or, or doing whatever you need to do to acquire step one. Mm-hmm. And same thing with step two and step three and step four. So, um, again, like really very um, true and resonating things that you're saying because no, this it, is like it, my likewise, current likewise, life. Likewise, yeah. <laughs> because step one is finding out what the fuck step <laughs> one is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It really is. It really is. And that part alone is scary. So when people say baby steps, it really is that. Like, my nigga, can I just wiggle on the floor right quick? Like, can I, (laughs) can I like turn on my back and then back to the front? Like, that is a real thing. It really is. Mm -hmm. So, um, back to your journey. Um, Good. This is good. So, yeah, it is, right? Is it reviving you as promised? No, I have a lot of things right now (laughs) surrounding this subject that mm. I have that, it, that that I have to complete that I am not as intimidated about now because right. uh, n- not saying intimidated but sometimes you can be paralyzed in like thoughts and shit like that yes oh man <laughs> those overthinkers those over feel feel how I'm feeling on this so honestly yes. yeah so it's just eliminating that and like how you said oh I want this I'm gonna get to it mm-hmm. right, to pretty, get to it yeah. just get to it for sure and and so I must make one reference to uh, a previous episode because this was perfect to what you just said. Um, Because we all do this. I dread um, doing laundry and cleaning my bathroom sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And the more I push it off, the more I dread it and the deeper that dread gets. Mm -hmm. But when we finally clean that bathroom and do that laundry, we're like, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. Like, what was I dreading? And that is exactly what that whole, well, step one is finding out what the fuck step one is. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of us are almost like, we're doing a disservice to ourselves by continuously dreading something. Mm-hmm. Dread begets dread. Like, it's just going to be a consistent thing where we're making it worse for ourselves. Yeah, the dread nowadays comes from wanting a complete product. Mm-hmm. It comes from the uh, yeah the, the social um, uh, instant gratification that mm-hmm. we get from everything else. So yeah, yeah, I want this. I gotta get that. Oh, that shit looks. It got what work. It's a road <laughs> to that. And honestly, that's where we at. You know, I'm mm-hmm. thankful for. Uh, I guess understanding that's where we are. Right. My age. I'm thankful for that. For real. For real. Cause yeah. at this point, yeah. Um. So yeah. So yeah. we were at um you did speak on after college and the couch and then you said from that point from 2010 um you just committed and yeah dove into best really I, recording yeah best i could at that time mm-hmm. the friends that i was around that that uh, mm. so i i selected the right group of friends because we were all kind of reaching for the same thing in entertainment uh so in finding that most i can say most at the time most people didn't have daytime jobs like i was a manager at walmart that was like 7 a.m for me mm-hmm. and leaving the studio at 3 45 4 o'clock like was really damaging my mm. my uh yeah that's my tough. work day yeah, yeah and i was doing that specifically because i did th- i thought i was on a grind um which i was you know um but Shit, you're in the studio with signed artists and shit like that. You kind of like envy these niggas' hours, the ability mm. to record till 3:45, 4 o'clock, wake up at noon. Yeah. Um, and I was like, damn. So, uh, if I could tell my younger self to prioritize myself, 
and the scene will be whatever hours I set, then I probably would have progressed a bit further, but I had to learn that. The relationships were, I made quite a few, let me say that, I, I, I can't, you know what I mean, like, there was no time lost, but I, I would have reallocated that time mm-hmm. a little differently, but, um, yeah, so that was my time to then come out with my first album in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know what made me... At this time, I've transitioned from Walmart to fucking corporate America, which is like, okay. Yes. This is decent money. Um, this this is probably the most money I've made thus far. So I can afford an album. That's what I want. No rhyme or reason. I completed an album. cost me a couple thousand dollars. And... As soon as I uh, began to tour on that album, mm-hmm. um, I remember specifically my PTO ran out in Mississippi. I, mean, I was in Jackson at a uh, shout out to my homie Barrett, but he he, sh- he threw a shoe show, trading, buying, oh. what do you call it? Convention. I'm so sorry. Nice. Yeah, so he, sneaker convention. Mm-hmm. So at that sneaker convention, I performed. I remember specifically Bun B showing interest. And, you know, uh, we spoke after the show. And that's when I realized that I've been institutionalized. I say that because on the way back from Mississippi to Atlanta, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Bun reached out. I wasn't, I haven't even left Mississippi yet. Let's be real. I haven't even, it was probably an hour. Okay. And uh, I was on the bus because I was told at Microsoft where I was working at the time, yeah, your PTO is up, bro, and we like the album and shit, but nah, you would have a job, you know what I mean? So, mm. this is last, that trip, that Mississippi trip was my last show and also my last uh, bit of PTO. Mm. Yeah, okay. so, I was on the way back, and at this time, my baby was baking. Mm-hmm. I was on the way back, Bun B, people called and said, bro, Bun wants you to open up tonight. Bun wants you to open up tonight at the strip club, man. You know what I mean? If you're willing to do it, yeah, you're trying to. Had you open for him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, bro, I'm on the way back to Atlanta. Right. And uh, I have to go because I have a job. Right. And I did not take the show, you know, so. Mm. But as soon as I declined, pff, that shit was hanging on my fucking, like, neck. It was wow. like, for quite some time until right. I ended up just randomly quitting Microsoft mm-hmm. for a Lyft career. That shit was crazy. Mm-hmm. But I was just so... Um, in addition to a couple of other reasons I left Microsoft, but uh, I was just so hurt that I chose them over my show, you know? I mean, you know, honestly, I think that sometimes when we have, um, I don't think it's fair to be so, so hard on yourself. And I only say that because uh, I think that you're not the only one that's been faced with that. Mm-hmm. I think I felt really tied to my job. You know, I had a mortgage. And I was sitting here working at an accounting job for eight years mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with my degree. Mm-hmm. And once I finished all my degrees, I was sitting there with a PhD mm-hmm. in psychology, still working at this accounting job. Mm-hmm. And I did that for two years after I graduated mm-hmm. with the PhD. Right. And so I think that, yes, in some ways it could be institutionalized and in some ways it could be because... Um, when you are in a certain place and it's like, well, financially, I know for me it was financially, I know um, really just being able to sustain and live a nice, decent life, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that's a thing. And I always... It's important too. Yeah. And I, and I always 
valued a lot. Um, my, my cousin and my father and my uncle, all the musicians, because the, my cousin, he um, got his degree in music, as did my father. And, or I think my dad did. I think he did like technical and music or something. But um, I was afraid to because... And I hate to say this because it's going to sound like a cop-out, but this is almost what my own family told me. Um, that I was like, I just don't want to be a starving musician, so to speak, mm-hmm. as far as like pursuing that solely. Mm-hmm. But it's always been a passion of mine, as is psychology. And it just worked out for me that I have those two passions, mm-hmm. and now I'm able to split that and do all of it now. Mm-hmm. But... It is very scary. And so I think when you're, it's one thing for me, like being like, oh, I'm in accounting and psychology, but I think it's a whole nother thing when you're talking about the life of a musician, even to what you spoke to about saying like, when you're in the studio, when you're doing these lifestyles, the only reason why my father actually was able to have a musician lifestyle is because he was literally a musician in the military. That was his MO. And I don't think a lot of people even know that that type of, thing exists Mm -hmm. but he was an actual musician yeah so when he was in the in the military no in the army army okay yeah so Mm -hmm. it was like he would go to work and then they would play music Mm -hmm. in the whole music band hall they would play for the president they would have all type of different gigs Mm -hmm. so for him it made sense because it was like well that's not only your career but then you also have side gigs on the side where you Mm -hmm. play in a salsa merengue club Mm -hmm. up the street Mm -hmm. you know so that is a very unique uh, career path like for a musician. Like yeah, I, I like it too. Like, And I always knew, the moment that I was younger and people be like, oh, your dad's in the army, what does he do? I was like, he's a musician. And they'd be like, excuse me, what? And I was like, oh, I guess that's not normal. But to me, it was normal. And I think that that's a, such a unique path. So I feel like I don't know the other ways of doing it other than I know the extremes of either you're a musician in the military or you're a starving artist. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not the reality, but I didn't have anybody in between. It, mm-hmm. Growing up, that is, like as a kid. So I, I think that's a really big piece of your journey is that how do you make those decisions? My dad literally told me maybe a couple years ago. He, he it was like, it was like Confession City mm-hmm. because it was like he said, something similar to what you were saying he was like i got this offer something about like something in la um you know just some really big music offer for his time okay and he said he you know had a family and two young daughters and he was like i had to turn it down and sometimes i still think my life would be different and so i don't think that to technically be anything different from you you know making that decision and feeling like I but I have this job and they've already told me what was up they they made it clear to me um and when you make those decisions those are life decisions but I I don't like us to get too hard on ourselves about it because these are real things and you could have easily potentially let's just play devil's advocate chosen the other decision and if it didn't go how you and anticipated it going Mm -hmm. you could very well be sitting here talking to me right now and saying and i should have stuck with microsoft absolutely and we would never know no no i love the. i love how uh and god is amazing because decisions will be presented yes and 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 one has to be made yes one has to be made yeah for sure for sure yeah 
Nah, and it's not down. It's not downing myself or being feeling down about it uh, because. Well, don't redact it now. You definitely said it. It's on the recording. Yeah, it was nah, like, nah. So, <laughs> you damn near said it, I'm kicking myself in the butt. <laughs> yeah, I am because I ended up just quitting that bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like and you essentially ended up months, quitting. Two months later. But everything happens for a reason. Mm. Because maybe you needed to do it that way at your own volition as mm. opposed to feeling like, ooh, I did it at an ultimatum and then Bun B didn't uh, yeah. you know, work out uh, that way and then I uh-huh. feel the pressure uh-huh. for Microsoft. Uh-huh. It could have been a lot of things. And we've got to just be like... I made that decision, and these things happen, and they happen for a reason. Always. Yeah. I respect it, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, psychology, you say. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a wine therapy podcast at yeah. this point. <laughs> One more cheers for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, so... um. That decision with the Microsoft, and then you ended up quitting anyway. I ended up quitting anyway. Right. Uh, serial entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship is what I got into. Lyft, mm-hmm. Uber, DoorDash. Yes. Cleaning business. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now insurance. Uh, mm-hmm. So ultimately, it's just like doing whatever it takes mm-hmm. to you know financially meet my requirements. Yeah, the and supplemental it, income. Yeah, kind do of what you're really doing. Right. In, in addition to you know obviously. Uh, now I have a six-year-old, about mm-hmm. to be seven. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Right, already yeah. six, about to be seven. Wow. Uh, seven on the seventh. So, uh, mm. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, seven on the seventh. Uh, so, was that a week? Yeah. So anyway. Nice. Um, that added uh, blessing, but responsibility has also like had me reassessing like how I spend my days mm-hmm. and ultimately you gotta provide financially right but the longevity of me providing is only in what I love to do right. and I say longevity as far as me lasting the longest cause I'll be happiest meaning my stress level will be lower meaning mm-hmm. you know she would appreciate my time more yes. and things like that so um I, yeah so I am now like not reinventing it all, but I'm reassessing like where I am and what and, and what happens from here. Mm-hmm. What a stage, whatever stage I am, um, three, four, and then five, six, seven, whatever you know. Right. So I, I planning in that regard is kind of like scary but fun too. Yeah. Because you're designing that shit. Mm-hmm. 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 As we design everything. Yes, we do. Even the fears that we have. You know what I mean? We do, and then um, I I love that you said that because. I always talk about lately um, how we are conditioned and therefore we can condition ourselves for a lot of things. We can condition our bodies and our minds um, and we have a lot of more control over it than we realize. But if we took a moment to think about, well, how, how were we ever, like you said earlier, institutionalized or anything like that? And that would be because... If someone else can condition us, then who better to condition us other than ourselves? And if we take control over that when it comes to anything, you know, how we think, what we want to work out, how we want to eat, um, what we want to do in life and what we want to become, the, the routine or, or anything in life can be our standard and our norm. If we make it that way. Exactly. 
Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. That, that is the rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Set your standard, and it becomes who you are. And right. So yeah, a lot of our standards were set for us. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, can we talk about? Because you know, I love to talk about like diversity and, and your heritage and all of that. So, can we talk a little bit about South Africa? Okay, let's talk about South Africa. Thanks for that. Um, I just went to South Africa for the first time in 17 years to see my mom. See my mom the first time in seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah, this, this past May. These sevens are good. You should play the lottery. Ooh, I played by mistake a couple days ago because I just felt like... By mistake? That's not, nice. Yeah, not even... Not, well, I lost. <laughs> I lost. But uh, it's okay. I played because... I just didn't want to feel like the person in front of me had better luck than me. I mean, they, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, damn, you were so confident about how you ordered that. Maybe <laughs> I should do that. Let me get, yeah. And I ended up playing straights, and mm. I did. I realized now I don't, I don't. That's not my. You gotta play box. Okay. The numbers so. could, the numbers could fall anyway in the box. Mm. This, I, so when I you say straight. straights and box, do you mean like my quick, quick was, and not? Yeah, quick pick. It was eight five seven quick pick, but oh. that just said eight five seven straight. So if it came out as five eight seven, oh, I lost. I was pissed. You taught me two things. Yeah, I was pissed. Wow. But it didn't come out that way. Mm. One of my numbers, two, I, I played cash three and four. Cash four, I had two numbers that were, uh, but it was a straight. And I'm like, damn, bro. <sighs> so I'm glad I lost that way. You know what wow. I mean? Imagine having four numbers as a straight. And... So don't do it straight. Don't do it straight. It do... restricts you to that order. It okay. Re- so listen, this is crazy because when I got my nails done, yes, these matte black nails that you liked. <laughs> um, I like that. The lady who did my nails was talking to her friend and she was like, yeah, my husband just won. Because, you know, Asians are big gamblers. Mm-hmm. She was like, my husband just won uh, the lottery. He just won like three stacks or whatever. And I was like, ooh, stop playing. What are you playing on? She was like, cash three. So I never play cash three. I always play Mega Millions or Powerball because I don't really know how to play. Mm-hmm. I just do like quick pick quick cash pick. option, yeah. which is almost similar to what you're saying. Play it straight or not. Because if you don't do cash option, they're going to siphon that money out to you slowly. You do cash option, they'll give it into you in lump sum. Where do you do cash option at? You just say it. You just say quick pick cash option. Who told you this? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. This happened like 10 years ago, so okay. I don't remember who told me this, but I remember it being a thing where it was like, if you don't specify that you want cash out option, mm. you're going to be like, you know, whatever amount of money per year. And that would suck. I'd be pissed. I'd, I'd be like, I'm a, I'm a billionaire, but I only get... 20000 a month. Oh, my God. 100000 a year. Right. Oh, my God. I got to go to work. <laughs> what the I can't even move a shake how I need to. Oh, I got to go to work, Jack. It's big. I got 30 yeah. years. Oh, Lord. So oh, cash option. Cash option. Cash option. If you play Powerball Mega Millions, you need to say cash option. Okay. And if you play, apparently, according to you, uh, cash three, four, five, six, seven. You need, to, play you need box. to say box. Box. Not straight. Not straight. Not oh, straight. Good that's, shit. This is good information. Yeah, yeah, I'm playing Honestly, tomorrow. I'm playing tomorrow yeah, on Halloween. Play. On Halloween. <gasps> Ooh, that's Ooh. good. And my cousin's birthday is on Halloween. Yeah, Mariah, she, her birthday, she's a Halloween baby. Mm. So maybe I should play should I play on her birthday. I should play both days, honestly. What you gonna play? 1031? Uh, cash boy? Listen. 
you might be giving some good insights. <laughs> you want those some sevens in there? Should play yeah. 1031 11 7. I'm play 11 7 on cash three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I, I can't believe I'm even admitted that I'm gonna start gambling like this. But <laughs> I think the odds are pretty good, cash three. You know what I mean? Three bands. They are. They are. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've been doing it wrong. Fantasy five. Cash three, yeah. <laughs> like I'll be looking at fantasy five right now is up more than Powerball and whatever. And that's just, again, that Asian stuff be coming out of me. You know, the older that we get or the more um, seasoned that we get, <laughs> uh, our culture comes out more. And I was just telling someone this because I love it, but the culture is already there, but I think it comes out more because it's the same way how they say you, you become your parents. Mm-hmm. Well, you also become your culture more because your parents are your culture mm-hmm. and it's like one and the same. And then it's like you're becoming your parents as you're becoming your culture more mm-hmm. all in one. All in and one. it's beautiful and I love it. Um, my sister and I talk about it all the time because we become more and more Asian as the time goes on. Um, and I think another part of it is, especially when you're uh, like biracial or you are Americanized, mm-hmm that culture will creep out at some point. Sometimes, yeah. And yeah, it, it does. It's going to creep out regardless. Don't, don't, and don't, uh, don't hold it in. Don't hold it in, right. Like, it's like a cry. Like, don't hold it in. Let that shit out. Just yeah, be yeah. your, you yeah. know, embrace it. So, I love that. But yeah, my, my Asian came out and I was like, oop, cash three. And I don't I don't even play the lotto like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it was it was in me. I saw those red numbers and I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I see that from a mile away. Yeah. But, um, so, South Africa, as we were saying. How did I get to the lottery? Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, his luck ain't better than mine. That's exactly, that's exactly how I do <laughs> South Africa was, speaking of sevens, and I'm, yes. and I'm, I'm, I'm so serious about what I'm about to tell you. Mm-hmm. South Africa was $777.77 round trip. Oh, what? I'll, I'll show you the receipt. <gasps> Uh-huh. So, mm. I got there, went to Botswana. I was born in Botswana, by the way. Mm. Botswana is some of the most peaceful, law-abiding people because mid-COVID, I didn't see anybody's face. Daytime, sweltering heat, nobody, right. like, nobody, like, yeah. nah, bro, like, you get arrested, you get fined, right. you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. it wasn't as fun as what it would be, like, hopefully now because of the restrictions, but... South Africa was a lot more loose. I, I I got to see so many people. I got to see my father. Mm-hmm. See my father for the first time. And I was 11. Do the math. 25 years, bro. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So me and Pops chill. My little brother, who is 22 now, we kicked it. Uh, I have a picture with my dad, my mom, and myself. And mm. that shit, was, it's, it's going to be framed. It's actually going to be on my vision board, which is... Mm-hmm. What I'm working on right here. Mm. So, um, you've made so much progress. I know, right? No, I, I, <laughs> I just, I just grabbed Good it. thing it's not a video podcast. I know. No, <laughs> no I, I'm not. Well, to be honest, though, so my shit is going because I seen I, I, I clean as well. You know, that cleaning business is, is pretty much about to be over with. I, I don't know. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. my mother, um, you know, she uh had a cleaning business. Okay. That she was doing for um, probably ten years. So she was a custodian at a public school, mm-hmm. and she also 
um, acquired her clients from the school. So it was like teachers, and then those teachers had like professor friends. They're really like oh, yeah, high elite right. friends. Not, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. So like no, doctors. No social media just, and, just ran straight. Yeah. Real and, networking. Um, real networking. So mm-hmm. we would go help her clean the houses. Um, we were probably teenagers by then. Mm-hmm. And she would give us a little cash, you know. And cash. what's so funny is though that. Um, for me, I saw these houses of some of these, I mean, because what happens is you go from teacher, but teachers know when you're in academia, like, so then you know professors, and then you know doctors, and then you know, like, millionaires, like, it, it jumps really quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we would sometimes be at, like, a small, modest home, and then sometimes we will be at those homes that they portray in the movies that are, like, three-floor beach homes that don't need to be cleaned. Right? Mm-hmm. They're so clean that it's like, how kind of you to hire me to clean this? Wow, that's dope. But she would commit every time to like the deepest clean ever. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, Ma, this house already clean. We would come yeah, in yeah. and be like, it's clean. It's empty in here. What yeah, do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we would help her out. And then that was a real thing. I didn't realize you were um, doing that because she was doing it like solo dolo. Uh-huh. But it was a real, she had real clients and consistent, mm-hmm. you know, people at that. Um, well, initially, so it's. This is, is created as a cleaning referral business. Ultimately, I didn't anticipate cleaning anything. Mm-hmm. Just bridging the gap between people who need cleanings and, and cleaners. Right. And companies. And then I realized, okay, uh, instead of splitting this 60-40, I might go and grab this whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, so when I do that, though, I say that to say one of the kids... Well, two of the kids had vision boards. And then in something I was reading, I was like, man, I realized I can't see what I'm going like. Right. So yesterday after my cleaning, I went to Walmart and I just bought supplies. Okay. So that's that's what it is. So we I, have to pause really quick. Okay. I, I thought I did not realize that your epiphany was just now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to bring you in. We're going to indoctrinate you okay. into the vision board New Year's Day. Okay. Like a thing that, or not, not not New Year's Day, but like at the top of the new year. Okay. I have a couple of friends that do vision board parties. You've had a vision board party, haven't you? I haven't, I, but my friends have. Okay. And we go and we make these vision boards. I actually have one at home from years ago. Um, and I have a couple of friends that do it, so there's a couple of dates because I know you're a busy person. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can do that, but also, we don't have to wait. We can still make this vision board. Mm-hmm. I just didn't realize that you weren't aware that there are vision board parties. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes. Oh, for sure. And, and I'm doing this um, with my daughter and my daughter's mom and her. Uh, that's and her. good. Yeah, yeah. So, I told them that, you know, we would do it tomorrow before trick-or-treating, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if she's, she's going to be available, but I was going to do it anyway. Mine is going to be a lot fancier than these fucking kids, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I see a glue stick and I don't see any magazines. Oh, I have to go to Kinko's. Yeah. Uh, well, FedEx, whoever's going to print out my shit. All, yeah. All my yes. images are very specific. Oh, no, no, no. So don't go to Kinko's FedEx. Who do I go You to? too fancy now. Okay. Okay. You need to go to CVS and plug your phone in and print them holes off. CVS Way cheaper. Do CVS do it? Yes. I'll I mean, have it like, ready in like, a couple like hours. Like 17 cents or something like that? It's just way cheaper. I know it's okay. cheaper than FedEx Kinko's. Okay. For I sure. can, yeah, I can okay. definitely so, confirm so, that. So just put in my photos a compilation of just all the pictures I need? No. 
All you got to do is they have already USBs. Okay. You're going to plug your phone in. Okay. The computer is going to show you um, what images you want to select. Oh, so, so remove images that I don't want. Mm, okay. I mean, no one's going to be over your okay, shoulder. Okay, okay, okay. So just don't select the wrong image. Okay, right. It's more important. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah. Or, or you can make an album if you feel that's safer, but I don't even know how to do that. Yeah, I know how to do that. So I'll do, I'll do that. CVS, though. CVS, Walgreens, yeah. I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah, you just should. Just like that. Just like that. Just like I'm that. I'm excited about this. No, you should be. You should yeah, be. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm joking. I'm not cutting down on you on your glue stick and your blank post no, no, board. No, we're, we're definitely going yeah. to. Uh, it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. And your locks look really long, by the way. What are you putting in those? Uh, yeah, <laughs> coconut oil. But I'll say this: oh. no, they're, they're, I haven't done my hair in months because I got some. They, thank God they can't see me because the outer edges aren't locked. They will be locked okay. shortly. I just wanted more locks. When I initially grew my locks, I had a box. Mm-hmm. So I was like, nigga, I want more more locks coming down. I, yeah. In the back, too. I grew in, in truth, that doesn't even look crazy. It's so funny how we all like view ourselves. Well, you know what you want. The, product, see, the yeah. product is not... Yeah, it's, it's what I, the product that I want is this. this but is even product. when I see the underneath, I'm still like, that don't look crazy to me. Oh, okay. I mean, cause uh, maybe because it still looks shapely. Like, I'm very symmetrical, so mm. it still looks shapely, so I can uh, appreciate it. I got And you. I can appreciate the vision as okay. well. Okay, say less. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um... Locks, but yeah, you... Locks like lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're they're growing splendidly. Thank if you. I, if I do say so myself. Yeah, no, I'm, so. I'm proud. I'm thankful because I never grew my hair, and this is like yeah. in my very big age. Yeah. I started to grow these shit, so we looking at almost three years. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, no, that's amazing. You keep saying in your very big age, and I just oh, feel... that's African saying. Oh, is that's it South Africans? At your very big age, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, okay, I was jokingly saying that, but like it's right, then you started to embrace yeah, yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, your, I love a very it. Big age. Yeah, yeah, no. So oh that's my gosh, that that's what they killing me. So with. in your okay, so in your very big age means what? You're too old to be doing that. Really? Yeah, yeah. or not too old, but like, like how are you doing this at your very big age? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. No, that's I love. I like to you like. Grown. You grown? You grown? You got a big age, my nigga. You grown? Oh, now hilarious, I get it. Though, hilarious. I'm, not, I'm using it. I love it. No, I love it now that I understand it more. Because I was like, are you saying in your very big age as if we're old? Or are you saying, but I get it now. You're just old saying. Old enough. Old enough to know. <laughs> to or, know. Or, 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 or old enough to. Or I guess it's not typical for motherfuckers just to grow their hair at this. Well, no, nah, I can't say that. So. We're out. Oh, well, have. we're back in. Um, yeah, we're out and in. Um, so, uh, I wanted to share this with you because, um, you said you shared a phrase and again, I was like speaking on culture and all of that. Mm -hmm. So I spoke to my cousin, um, on my mom's side of the family and, uh, I, I, we did a duo, my sister, myself and my cousin, uh, a couple weeks ago. And cause that phrase was so cool. What's a duo? The duo uh, video. Oh, so, because she's in this. London. Oh, okay, okay. And um, yeah, that was the best way to oh, the, okay, okay. Like do a like, a, like a Zoom. Okay, yeah, okay, like okay. a Zoom. Right. So, she we were having like conversation and talking about stuff. And she said, um, the best dream in Korea, because back to the lottery mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. 
She was like, if you have a dream that there is poo all over you. Mm, that's the best dream. She said, that is a good dream. That's ooh, good luck, ooh, right? Ooh. But wait. Bird, bird? No. She was like, it has to be like all over you. She was like, not just a little bit of poo. Mm, a lot. Okay. Covered. Wait. But she was like, also, if you have said dream, you can't tell nobody. And you just go play the lottery. 